everyone, welcome to episode eight of season three. Hello, church. We're excited to talk about the ordinances or sacraments of the church. We're going to be talking specifically about baptism and communion. And Justin, this season really is all about the Sunday morning church service, the weekend church service. So we're going to be diving in how to make the sacrament special uh, and how to add organization to that. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun discussion. I am Wade Bearden. And I'm Justin Trapp. And we were both pastors. Yeah. Uh, for many, many years, and now we serve at Ministry Pass and helping equip and 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 um, resource church leaders. And so, thank you for being here with us. This might be the shortest episode of all. How many episodes do we have at Hello Church? Hundred over hundred, right? We've got a lot of episodes. This uh, might this be is, the shortest. Yeah, this is the third season, but like the first season was a really long. We just had the the episodes weren't necessarily connected per se. Sure. So I don't even know, but this is season 3, it's going to be the shorter one. It's yeah. a, it's all about the service. And I mentioned yeah. this on the previous episode, but if you're a pastor, you've been pastoring for a long time, maybe you grew up in church, you've been to thousands of church services, you've seen hundreds, perhaps thousands of baptisms, you've taken communion hundreds of times, right? So um there will be a few practical nuggets today that you can walk away with and some of these most of these you probably implement or you know practice and maybe there's one or two things that that'll be able to help you i'm totally discrediting the the value of this episode <laughs> i think too like a lot of times when we think of oh baptism and communion and all that we're like oh we've done this so many times but it's it's great it really at any point in life whenever we've been doing something so often Every once in a while, just kind of take a step back and say, "Huh, yeah. how could I maybe do this better, or yeah. how could I do this differently?" So we're gonna we're gonna jump right in uh, to that. So that's this episode of Hello Church, and uh, Justin, we'll we'll start first with with baptism. Uh, baptism is so important, and whenever we do baptism at our church, uh, it, it's usually one of my favorite services. It just yeah. it's always it's always powerful. Exciting. But I also I also know part of the reason it's powerful is because our church does it really well yeah. in my opinion no our church does it well and i will say this if you want to increase the number of baptisms he, here's my suggestion on what you can do uh at front door front door church we have a resource and you could create your own resource so you don't have to use front doors but this is this is an example at front door church we have a resource called should i get baptized and this is a resource that churches can promote and and use it in an email sequence so that you you can promote it from the stage. I think it's anytime you have a baptism service, this mm -hmm. is naturally a great time to say, hey, listen, maybe this is exciting to you. Maybe you've, you've wondered if you should get baptized. We have a resource that's free. We'd, be, we'd love to send to you. It's a, it's a short little uh, PDF that explains uh, some of the foundational aspects of water baptism and, sh and, and answers the question, should you get baptized? Mm -hmm. And... We'd love to send it to you. Go to this website or go to our website. It's a free download. I think if you can educate people, right? Mm -hmm. You can take some of the mystery behind uh, away from it. Uh, maybe they grew up in another denomination where baptisms are automatic. Maybe they got baptized as a child, and mm -hmm. they're like, hey, my life is a lot different than it was when I was a kid. I'm not sure if mm -hmm. I should get baptized again. But you could answer a lot of those questions, and, and the more that you can answer those questions, the more people that you're going to get to get baptized, which is, I think is a wonderful thing 
for the church and a wonderful experience for them. Yeah, so use that resource. And if you, even if you don't use frontdoor.church, uh, talk about these issues from the stage or maybe send out a video. Uh, you wanna talk about this from a theological standpoint. I would also say, even from a practical standpoint, uh, for some of us, uh, the idea of getting baptized, maybe we've been in church for a while, it's like, oh yeah, there's nothing to it. But there are some people who actually kind of uh, nervous about doing it yeah, in front of the church, totally. about even going underwater mm-hmm. while they're being pushed back. So even little details like that, I think could be super helpful to just kind of put people at ease and, and it, let them know how the process works from a practical standpoint. And just a PSA, don't hold the corded microphone while you're standing in the water. I'm just, yes. just short PSA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few things real quick, and we can go to communion. Be intentional about when you hold your baptisms. Give your people enough time to sign up. Make sure you communicate properly. I think that's, especially, let's say you're going to do a baptism service in a month. You could start saying, hey, we have this free resource. Maybe, you know, you're not sure if you should sign up or not. Here's a free resource, and then go through this, and then let us know. Uh, just give them enough time. I think Easter is a, obviously a great time to do some some baptisms. Um, maybe do baptisms a little different, perhaps. You could do an outdoor event mm-hmm. uh, if you're able to facilitate that. But um, just have enough time. And then just be real practical. Let your the people know when to arrive, what to wear, uh, what to bring. You know, for the mm-hmm. post-follow-up, they're going to be soaking wet, right? So make sure you, you have all the proper instructions. Equip them with the right information so that when they do get baptized, it's a wonderful experience and mm-hmm. They're not just out in the hallway shivering. Yeah. Well, and and then another aspect to that is stories. And I mentioned, I feel like our church does baptism super well. Um, What they do is they always talk to each person and they share their story with the congregation. Mm -hmm. And I think there have been times when they've allowed people who were being baptized to share their story, but a lot of people are uncomfortable on the microphone. And so what will often happen is the pastor will we'll share that story. Like whenever I baptized my son, I did the talking for him because he really didn't want to do that on his own. And so even when the person doesn't share their own story, just sharing their story is always, I mean, it's really cool. It's really powerful with some incredible stories. So I would encourage you to do that. Think that through um, and just consider, hey, should I be the person telling the story? Or maybe the other person who's being baptized could write it out and maybe they could share the story too. But that's always really, um, really powerful. And then another thing too, Justin, is be cognizant that during those baptism services, those are actually uh, usually the biggest services of the year, some of the biggest services of the year, because people invite their friends. Yeah, Yeah, I I think to your point about the stories, you know, if it's just a, a seven-year-old kid getting baptized, but you don't know their story, you don't, you know, they're just a cute kid getting baptized. Mm. But the congregation hearing maybe, uh, you know, a statement from them, or you can just share a little bit, like you mentioned, where you the, the whoever's baptizing them can share something. That means so much more than just a cute kid getting baptized. So yeah. make sure you're able to to present that or communicate that in some way, whether they share it or you share it. Let's talk about communion real quick. Yeah. So communion is really important, and it's really important to me, too, um, When whenever I, I think through the church service. I, I personally love doing communion every week, and I know different traditions do that differently. I think growing up, we did it once a month on a Sunday night. Yeah, um, But I love doing it on Sunday morning with 
the entire church. Did y'all have the open plate of crackers or the prepackaged one where like the cracker was on? So we had um, kind of an open plate, but they were like little pellets. Oh, yeah. They're like little pellets, but they were actually like the really square tasty. ones. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, rectangle. Yeah, and so we would we would do that, and we'd have the little. Um, I communion. grew up, I grew up on the little square, yeah, like cracker type things. Yeah, and I remember those. Then when I went to another church uh, later, they had like the the really thin plastic tasting wafers. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I that I I it, it is that's a good point. I appreciate it when the church thinks through uh, what what's being used. Because I've tasted some of those. So it's like, okay, take communion. It's a really powerful moment. And then you put the wafer in your mouth and it's just absolutely horrible. And yeah. it takes, for a brief moment, it takes you out of yes. that experience yes. because you're just like, what is it? It's like sticking to the roof of your mouth. So so think through that. And then just think through how often you're going to take communion and, and put that on the schedule. Because if not, I'm telling you, you'll go three, four months, yeah. and uh, we're we're supposed to do this often in remembrance mm-hmm. of him. And so, uh, we need to to think through that. I think that's really important, and then think through how that's all going to work in terms of the flow of people. Are they going to get the elements when they get in? So, we had communion right after the message this last week, so everyone got it walking in, and then we had some. Uh, the ushers had some in case anybody didn't get theirs when they came in, and so that allowed us to take it pretty quickly and do it together and not lose the moment that we were in so really kind of uh think through all of that and then the big thing that that i appreciate and i I try to do it every time is just explain communion yeah explain what it means um and then give instructions so two people you want to definitely address is you want to address people who are not members of the church but Mm -hmm. are christians and so you need to let them know Per your tradition, your denomination, who gets to take communion? Uh, I, I remember attending a church outside of my denomination, and they were doing communion. And for a moment, I was like, I don't, I'm thinking through this denomination, and I'm thinking, I don't know if it's open communion where anyone can take it or if it's just the members of the church. Yeah. And thankfully, the pastor communicated that this is open communion. So I was like, okay, really great. But make sure you do that so people know that that um, who this is for uh, and then the next person you want to address is the unbeliever so you want to talk through that and and my pastor years ago said this so i say the same thing almost every time i say hey if uh if you're here and you'd say you're not a christian uh you would not take communion but no one's gonna look down on you mm-hmm. like we would we're, we're so glad you're here and if you have any questions we're happy to answer them and that just really kind of sets the tone of like hey like this is, a, this is a place where unchurched people can come, and we're letting you know you shouldn't take it um, because of peer pressure, if you don't mean it, And um, but we're also not going to look down on you. We're, we're here to help you. Yeah. So make sure you, you talk through that with your people. We actually have a, a, a podcast in the Ministry Pass Network. It's called Preaching Through Podcast, mm. and they actually have an episode where they talk about communion how they moved communion to the beginning of the service the end of the service and so that that may be helpful as they talk they were in a particular series called we want a king Mm. and they were going through second samuel and first kings and um he had mentioned none of the passages really transitioned well out of the sermon into the communion so they moved communion to the beginning of the service Mm. and they thought it was like it worked really really nice so yeah uh check out preaching through podcasts that's a, a first season, and it's gotten really great reviews, and it's been well received. Yeah. So we think you, you, you like that, especially if you don't like Hello Church. You you love preaching. Through. 
And then maybe just a, a tip. One of the things I do is I try to keep a running list of good illustrations mm, yeah. to help people understand communion. And so I just kind of keep that tab. And that doesn't mean you have to use a specific illustration every time, but maybe you do that once a month. Maybe three out of four weeks, if you if you take communion every week, you do kind of a shorter explanation. And then once a month you say, hey, I, I was actually reading this story recently and it helped me to understand communion a little bit better. And so keep that running tab. If you use Sermonary, you can keep an ideas folder yeah. and just kind of put Put it in there as you think of it, and so you just when you're when you're taking communion, you're you're ready to go. You're Do we have a communion it. template? Uh, uh, we, we we don't have a communion template. So many denominations do it differently. Yeah. Um, but if you if you've created a, a communion template, we would love to to get that. Maybe just shoot it on over to us. Yeah. Um, you can leave it in the comments or leave a link to it. That would be great to look at and give people an idea of how you go about doing that. Because there are a lot of different passages to use. I think we yeah. a lot of times we just use First Corinthians fourteen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of passages you could use from the Gospels too. So yeah, cool. Hopefully we had a few practical nuggets that help you elevate your baptisms or your communion elements in the service. Uh, Like I said at the beginning, right? You guys have been doing this for a long time, so you've sat through dozens and hundreds of these. But I think it's safe to say that there is always an area for improvement in our services, whether it's a baptism or it's a worship set or it's the sermon. There's always ways to improve the way that we present the gospel, the way that we communicate to people to people in the room because remember there's it's a diverse group of people from the unchurched uh couple to the couple that's been sunday school teachers and small group leaders and small group hosts they've been in church decades and everybody in between and so our job as as church leaders as pastors as communicators is to make sure that we are uh putting our best foot forward so that when your people are experiencing and worshiping together and they're hearing the sermon or you're trying to explain baptism Mm. that 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 you know half the room isn't leaving confused but that we are doing um our best to Mm. to really communicate the gospel and to present a message that is clear that is cohesive and that that's compelling yeah definitely Make sure to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. You can give us a comment on YouTube too. Tell us what you thought of the episode along with any ideas that you have. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you next time on Hello Church. Hello Church.